Hey there. This week, more than ever, it's important that you know that we are a network of shows uh, and not just this bonfire side chat deal. Uh, specifically, if you get a chance, head on over and check out and subscribe to Watch Out for Fireballs. Uh, there's a special episode that uh, has went up this week. And as you listen to this, um, this appendix about the Ring City, uh, you're going to understand why I'm directing you there uh, so directly because uh, we make some announcements. So I'm going to make room for that. Let's get to it right away. But yeah, uh, check out Watch Out for Fireballs at watchoutforfireballs.com. We'll be waiting for you there as well. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And this is Bonfire Side Chat. It is a farewell favorite. Yes. And uh, this week we are talking about your responses to the Ringed City DLC um, in total. Gary, does it make sense to uh, to talk about the announcement that we just made on the Watch Out for Fireballs channel? Yeah, like we, we should. We definitely should. Let's not go into it in full detail, mm-hmm. but we should give the cliff notes and then point people towards that announcement. Yeah. Um, so we recently, um, I believe the Thursday before this episode comes out, uh, made an, an announcement about the future of watch out for fireballs and also the future of this show. Sorry, we did it on a feed that is not this one, but that is the way the schedule worked out. So the schedule worked out. And then also, uh, it primarily affects, you know, I mean, I guess it affects both these shows. <laughs> yeah. So a bunch of people have been asking, uh, what's your plan? Like, for bonfire side chat after the souls games go away. And the answer is we're going to also go away. Yes. Uh, not really. Like we're, we'll still be here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> games that would be covered. will still be covered. Yes. We're just so. going to retire the show and uh, fold all this stuff into watch out for fireballs. Yes. So if bloodborne two comes out, uh, that will be uh, a fair game for watch out for fireballs. So that will be a place where you can go and check this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, if Bloodborne 2 gets announced, if there are interesting Souls likes, things like that, those will all show up on Watch Out for Fireballs, which is also going weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about it in detail. You can check out that feed. I like to hope that people who listen to this also listen to Watch Out for Fireballs. If you don't, uh, please give it a shot. Yes. I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you'll you'll appreciate that approach. And even if you just dip it in and out on things you're interested in, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've done things that have kind of Souls-y DNA. We've done Castlevania games, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, pop in and give it a shot. Yeah. Yep. Um, so um, and we're also changing the format of that. Like we're doing themed months and, you know, like we said, we're taking that weekly and uh, kind of batching together the uh, the listener response things. It's all incredibly exciting. Like I just the the, the whole announcement episode, which you can see linked in the notes, um, is, uh, uh, you know, just us being <laughs> very enthusiastic about this. Uh, Gary, we should talk about what uh, the like how this uh, how we're going to wind this down. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going to happen with the end of Bonfire's Eye Chat? Yes. Um, well, we have three more uh, Souls Likes. Mm-hmm. we're doing yep. um we are doing uh let it die neo you know which both of those are going to be single episodes and appendixes mm-hmm. uh each um and then we're going to do two episodes on hollow Knight because we're both committed to uh to beating that yes and yep. then an appendix on that yeah um and then we are entering a uh a final season and one that we've actually alluded to uh in a couple of different places um both online like in social media and also uh like you know in as part of episodes like hey what is the omega protocol you know how do we pull the self destruct uh destruct sequence and that is to do a uh, a victory lap uh season yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talked about that. We are finally doing it. And it's also going to be um, kind of take the place of what we were going to do for Bonfire Side Chat After Dark. Um, that was a Patreon tier that was kind of considered when we didn't know exactly what a post-Souls universe of Bonfire Side Chat would look like. Um, so the people who are at that tier, who support us at that tier, are going to guest on a series of retrospective episodes covering the Souls games that we uh, did prior to Dark Souls 3 in kind of reverse chronological order uh, to when we did them. Yes. So, so uh, Bloodborne, yeah. Dark Souls 2, Demon Souls, and then ending on Dark Souls, the uh, yep. game that was so good that we couldn't not do a podcast about it. Absolutely. So uh, astute listeners will realize that's a cycle. <laughs> we're we're starting, starting the same way we began. Um, these are going to have those guests, uh, you know, from the community, like just people who are uh, Souls fans, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, you know, if you back at the tier where you get to ask questions and prompts, those are going to be in those appendixes. Um, you can uh, appendices. You can uh, submit those. We're all going to talk about them. And if you, um, you know, if you feel like the Dark Souls three season of the show has been um, a little bit oppressive and bleak, uh, I can assure you, Cole and I think that too. <laughs> and this is going to be coming up for air in such a big, bad way that like I can hardly like I've had to stop myself from playing restarting Dark Souls one and Dark Souls two, uh, <laughs> you know, because I don't want to get too far ahead. Right. Um, we're both really excited to go back and kind of mm -hmm. like rediscover and relearn what like made us fall in love with the series. Yep. It's going to be a party. Yeah, absolutely. Give me a celebration. It's going to be an all kind of all inclusive, too. So like, you know, the episode will be a couple hours just talking about the game itself, like what it does. Well, like coolest parts, you know, um, what things, you know, you know, some things maybe it didn't do as well, but mostly mm -hmm. it's going to be positive because those are four games that we both really love. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, talking about your questions and stuff, too. And mm -hmm. um, you can write in with your thoughts generally about those games. Also, questions related to them, uh, things like that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be super fun. Yeah, um, I think it will be uh, probably the most fun couple months <laughs> of the show. If yeah. not, you know, like we've had we've had really good runs. I think this will be the most fun. Absolutely. Uh, that we've had. Yeah. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So it is, it is bittersweet, right? Like, they, you know, we love this show mm -hmm. and people who came to us through this show, you're all super valuable to us. We've met a lot of really cool people mm -hmm. through this show. Um, you know, like, and, and like friends, like people who like we're friends with mm -hmm. now That's how we met Jeremy Greer for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, <laughs> you know, like it is, you know, we are friends with people through this show. I would never trade that for anything. No. <laughs> um, it just doesn't make sense to continue it without souls. Yeah. Like, we're going to um, bow out gracefully rather than, you know, <laughs> fade out. You know, we're, we're going to we're going to not link the fire. No, yeah. no. And uh, instead, we are going to make our own painted world off to the side where, we're, where we are doubling down on Watch Out for Fireballs. Um, it's actually going to probably be more content in the offing compared to mm -hmm. what uh, Bonfire Side Chat was. So, like, we're not just like saying, yep, nope, we're just going to get rid of this commitment. We are uh, taking this energy and effort and putting it into making Watch Out for Fireballs. Uh, great you know, making it, mm. uh, making it as good as it can be. Yes. Yeah. So, and, I, and we think that you'll like it. We really appreciate it. Um, we mentioned in that episode, you can listen to, we're doing a survey, mm -hmm. um, for everybody, for kind of listeners to network in general. Yeah. Um, you can check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes. Um, please go do that survey. Yes. Um, it helps us out a lot. It's going to help us restructure our Patreon mm -hmm. and which has to be restructured in the, in the wake of this. Um, we want to know what you want to see, what yeah. uh, rewards you want, which tiers would be enticing. And uh, we also have uh, we're doing it as a raffle kind of thing as well. Yeah. Um, three people who do the survey for us will get $20 Steam gift cards. Yeah, that can buy a lot of good games, especially with the uh, Steam sale coming up. You can almost buy everything on Steam for. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah. honestly, like, <laughs> you know, $20 goes a long way in Steam box. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
Um, so there are some big decisions that we have already made that are not going to be changed by the uh, by the survey. Uh, we want you to understand that uh, you cannot, you know, uh, keep Tinkerbell alive by wishing Bonfires that chat would stick around. We have mm-hmm. resolved about that. We 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 believe um, and we're willing to take a risk that this is the best choice uh, for the two of us and for the network. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of small decisions that go into the way this kind of articulates that we really want to hear. Um, you know what you think about. So yeah. Yeah, so um, please do that. And uh, hopefully you stick with us. Check out Watcher for Fireballs. Like, even if you don't end up liking it, please give it a shot. Yeah. Um, I'd really appreciate that. And I think you would. It's still just me and Cole doing, doing yeah. the same thing. Like, I think you'd dig it. <laughs> yeah. Unless you only play Souls games. If you're like, oh, I don't play old games. Like, Watch Out for Fireballs doesn't just do old games now, dog. No. <laughs> if we do everything, we're, we're making it so it can be everything. And yeah. if we get that Bloodborne 2 announcement, like, that's where that's going to show up. And you better believe I am psyched to play Bloodborne 2. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll get a full and respectful treatment. Yes. So. Yeah. So that is the big stuff. Again, go listen to those. There's more detail in the episode. There is uh, more opportunity for interaction in that survey. Uh, but we have miles to go before we sleep, Gary, because this is possibly the most that we've gotten in in terms of uh, feedback uh, yeah. on uh, on a particular piece of uh, Souls content. And it's worth noting um, kind of a corollary to that is that if you wrote in and you're not getting read, um, it's not super personal. It's just we have more responses than we've ever had. Yes. Um, so, uh, we really appreciate everyone who wrote in, um, but we can't read everybody. We've had to edit some of them. Um, and some people have been admitted. It's not personal. No, it is just, we got tons and tons of responses, (laughs) um, which makes sense because it's the last piece of content Mm -hmm. for the last souls game and the last episode of Bonfireside chat that is about a souls game. Yeah. Like your new, new souls content before the victory lap season. Right. So totally makes sense. Um, so thank you guys for writing in. We're going to go ahead and get started just because we've been recording for a little while and we want to uh, get through these. But I am energized by these announcements. Yeah. I'm excited to read these appendixes. Um, I'll read this first one because it's addressed to me. Yep. Um, Nick says, via contact, this is follow-up. Uh, Gary seems really hung up on a painted world uh, being a refuge in the Dark Souls 3 DLC. A couple of points on that. Ariamis was never explicitly said to be a prison. That's something that's extrapolated by the community, and the community can certainly be wrong. There... Uh, the mere fact of how difficult it is to enter may have made it may have made it an attractive place to hide unwanted things. Uh, even if you assume Ariamis was a, tri- a prison, there's nothing in the lore that says every painted world must be a prison, nor is there anything wrong with the idea of a new painted world that was made for a different purpose. Obviously this is far in the future and Ariandel dreamed up a new painted world for the forlorn. There's nothing contradictory about that idea and the idea of Ariamis. Yeah. Um, so to answer that in two ways, um, one of the reasons why I think it's a prison other than that, like there is a lot of, you know, it being a place to hide unwanted things. Uh, there's a lot of evidence for that. Like there, it has elements of a prison. There are, mm-hmm. there's a place off to your right where there are like cells dropped in mm-hmm. like cages yeah, uh, in there. Like it reads as a prison. Yeah. Yeah. To me, you know, and everything in the lore points to it being like a quarantine Yeah, for things like for, it's for, not uh, for things that are like uh, inconvenient to the regime. You know, it can be like the community can be wrong. I don't think mm-hmm. they're wrong there. Yeah. Like, I, like there's a lot of like as far as Dark Souls one and suppositions go, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of evidence for that. Yeah. Um, a, a, the, a pocket dimension doesn't necessarily have to be used, you know, to, to 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 lock things away. You know, like there's an easy way out. You just jump. You know, you you you, you can get out. However, no matter how much time passed between Ariamas and Ariandel, um, like they are still trading on a thematic connotation that the first one had we believe very strongly yes yeah so it, it is uh if they did change it which like to your second point um 
you know, so even if you assume that I, I think you know, if Ariamis is a prison, there's nothing in the lore that says every painted world must be a prison. There's nothing to say that it isn't either. Like, it's just kind of like, yes, it, it reminds me a lot of what we talked about with Richard in the last episode. Like you can possible possible is a huge, huge wide space, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, if that's your metric, like everything falls under it. Yeah. Like it is possible that enough time is passed and someone can just make a painting. That's another thing, you know? We didn't really have lore about paintings before this. The things we did know, 100% of what we knew going into this, mm-hmm. was that it was a place to put things, like an extra dimensional place to put things that were dangerous. Yeah. You know, and we knew that like at that like a 90% level. Yeah. You know, I felt I felt pretty sure about that. Mm-hmm. Now, it being the way it's presented in Dark Souls 3 is that they are explicitly places for you know, for for forlorn for sad sad things, mm-hmm. which like, you know, I'll admit like you the evidence like you could uh yes it could be different there's nothing that contradicts it what's a cooler idea though you know <laughs> i don't know like there's part of it that is like you know there's nothing to support that it is this thing or that it changed other than that it said it's new now you know and what is a cooler idea <laughs> i don't know so there's an element of headcanon to it yeah uh, i think that uh Ariamis is definitely a prison mm-hmm. i think point one i think that uh they don't i don't think you're right about that point two you're right that like there's nothing that says it couldn't have changed it just changing for no reason is immensely unsatisfying. Like yeah. just because it's possible doesn't mean it's a good idea. Yeah. You know, so it not contradictory is not good enough. Yep. Uh, is would be my response to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, on to responses about the, uh, the DLC proper, um, I've kind of separated these, uh, just because it was important to me to kind of represent what we got, uh, in terms of feedback, uh, proportionally between kind of like positive mixed and negative mm-hmm. um so you know j- j- just so it, it's abundantly clear that we are not just picking stuff that agrees with us you know like towards the end of this you're going to hear things you know from people who are you know much more uh i, I think much more enthusiastic about the ring city uh than than we are however outside of those are people sharing uh some kind of interesting facts things that i didn't know and didn't feel comfortable re- representing in the notes as my own thoughts um, so mm-hmm. like under the interesting category, uh, we have Gustav who has written in via contact to say, when I was first playing through the ring city, I figured out who lap was pretty much the same moment I met him above the ruins of the earth and peak, as I imagine most Swedish players did. What tipped me off, however, wasn't just his voice and his idiosyncratic sitting position, but simply his stated name. You see, in Swedish, the word lap isn't only, as I'm sure we're all well aware, a pejorative for the aboriginal Sami population of northern Scandinavia and Finland, uh, but also the word for a written note or patch of cloth. I'm honestly a bit puzzled as to why the localization uh, team for the Ring City chose to give him a name that reveals his identity so clearly to a Swedish-speaking player. The game itself clearly frames the revelation of Lap's identity as a climactic twist, so why include a coded reference to, the, to uh, a coded reference to that twist uh, that's going to be obvious to any member of an admittedly very small portion of the player base? Yeah, yeah. That's a, I mean that's a good question. I mean I feel like you you kind of answered it in the last bit. Yes. You know, it's just, it, it doesn't make it okay. It's a shitty, you know, English centrism. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you but know? so much about him, like to the point of him saying, I'm unbreakable, I'm unbreakable. Like it's, it, it is presented as a twist, but it is one that like walks you through every single step to like where it is not pulling something that is entirely unexpected on you when he pulls off the helmet, but is like, I knew it. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not a twist. It's like a slope. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you you, you turn around slowly. It's a king's mm-hmm. heel turn. Yeah. It's not a twist. You know? um, <laughs> and, and the reason why they probably were fine doing that little clue is because for a lot of people, that would be a like a neat little clue. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of shitty that they, you know, it had to be a language and some people are going to speak it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Um, something I didn't notice just I when reading this, and I don't think this was a hint, but like you do run into uh, to Pete in Earth and Peak. Um, oh, weird. That's his predecessor huh. from Dark Souls too. Like he does yeah. show up there. That's a, a part of like kind of a, <laughs> you know, for like his lack of quest line, but he shows up like near, you know, just outside the windmill. Yeah, you're right. Uh, huh. Yeah. No, that's really yeah. cool. I, I, I didn't, didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, a little bit to my answer. And like when I was complaining about it in the main episode, like why they'd use Earth and Peak, like it doesn't mean there weren't other areas where Pete showed up, but that's actually right. kind of like, you know, that's not terrible. Yeah. That, that, that lines up at the very least. Yeah. No, that's yeah. uh that, that, that is good. And, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say it's subtle because I didn't notice it, but who knows? Like I just, yeah. 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 It's subtle. Yeah. Other things maybe aren't, yeah. you know, so the grand uh, kind of preponderance of things ends up being extremely unsubtle. Yeah. But, uh, but thanks um, for writing in because, you know, I don't know Swedish. I don't know what people call, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, that is uh that is cool to know. I love trivia like that. I also love like linguistic stuff like that. So thumbs up. Super cool. Yeah. Um, Rich says via contact. Uh, while at the time of writing, I've not completed the Ring City DLC, I want to voice my appreciation for a neat little visual reference in the newest Godzilla movie, 2016's Shin Godzilla. As someone who grew up watching Toho's Godzilla movies, Shin Godzilla quickly became one of my favorites in the series, and in this, one of the best quarters in, uh, in this one of the best quarters in gaming, the new Godzilla's unique take on the atomic breath is referenced in two games: Near Autonoma, or Near Autonoma. Yeah. Why did I doubt it? Um, and then uh, Dark Souls 3's The Ring City. Um, this manifests as a thick plume of flame thinning out into a thin laser, uh, like if a water cutter was powerful enough to cut several buildings. While Game of the Year contender Nier Autonom- Automata... See, now I'm doubting myself. Oh, I yeah. No, you're, you're in your Hopefully head. Hopefully this is the only time that like this comes up in this response. Um, uh, now, Nier A-Squad. Nier 2. <laughs> I, like, Nier 2. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's just April. Uh, is more overt in its reference, replicating even the color change in its neat optional monster, Madeira's own flame visually meshes in a very Dark Souls 3 way. I'm just happy to see two developers I really enjoy share my own passion for quality Godzilla movies. Yeah. No, Madeira, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but Madeira's flame is uh, is super cool, even though kind of in a series that has been full of uh, of, of flame lasers uh, since, uh, since Dark Souls 2 with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name, the old Iron King. Um, it, it didn't like stick out to me. I didn't recognize that it was a visual quote. Uh, but yeah, I could totally see that. Also, uh, yep. that is present in, uh, the Metal Gear Ray stuff in, um, uh, Metal Gear Rising. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're correct. Yeah. Very cool. I, I, um, I've heard good things about the new Godzilla and part of me wants to see it because, uh, the old Godzillas, which I've watched, like, I think I, you know, they're old movies. So I think I don't like the pacing of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like watching big monsters smash stuff, but I don't like watching people talk about it. And (laughs) a new, like a modern one that's going to have at least like a snappier sense of pacing, probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of curious about. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a Godzilla, Godzilla dude, but I am sympathetic to Godzilla and Godzuki. Yeah. 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 Um, So let's get into the negative responses. People who were critical of uh of of the ringed city starting with our friend and yours uh jeremy greer who writes in via contact saying the ring city proves something that i've suspected since i finished dark souls 3 i don't care about dark souls 3 the base game is fine 
uh, and plays very well. But the stuff that I like about Dark Souls seems to have been pushed aside for a new era of Souls, an era with bosses uh, with excessive HP, lore tidbits that don't seem to be connected or well thought out. And now, with the Ringed City, I can't even take my time to absorb the environments carefully as I play. Uh, as a guy who talks about Dark Souls a lot, it's all incredibly disappointing. I don't begrudge people that do like it, of course. Uh, this game was apparently made for them. The folks who genuinely seem to have fully bought into Namco Bandai's Prepare to Die marketing campaign. I'm happy that they have a truly difficult Souls experience that they apparently want. If you need me, I'll be playing Dark Souls 1 and eating just some basic-ass non-branded chicken wings and waiting for my spiritual successor to Bloodborne. Umbasa, Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I largely feel the same way. Yep. You know, it, it's uh, it's it's very hard for me to get worked up about. Like, I think Dark Souls 3 will go down as the first Souls game that I'm not going to replay. Yep. I didn't feel like a weird regret. Like, every Souls game is installed on one of my machines. I had to uninstall Bloodborne because I needed space right. for Dark Souls 3. I've now swapped those two things and everything feels right in the universe. Right. <laughs> and I just, like, it's, it's, it's really hard because outside of a couple moments, it never touched my heart. Like, mm. the... You know, when I think about what touches my heart in Dark Souls games, it's this thematic kind of thing. It's not individual scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's themes that, like, really hit me. Yeah. And the fact that, like, with 3, you know, the theme, if I really think about it, 3 and the DLC of 3, it's a theme that we've already dealt with. Like, it just doesn't feel new. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it is the first Dark Souls that didn't touch my heart at all. And uh, that's important. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It really is. And that, like, Dark Souls 2 touched my heart like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and, and maybe it didn't, you know, and it didn't for other people, like a lot yeah. of people hate that game. Um, but like that kind of, you know, this extended really leaning into the Alzheimer's like identity mm -hmm. part of, of Souls, like that, you know, that is has pathos. Yes. For me, and individual moments in Dark Souls 3 have tons of pathos, right? Oh, like, yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, you know, like the, 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 the twin, twin princes. princes yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's a, such a good moment. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard for me to like care about what comes around it. Like it mm -hmm. is a, a real context matters. Yeah kind of illustration um, for me seeing Gwendolyn's corpse being used as a puppet by a blob yeah yeah super cool like one of my the greatest moments and it just all comes down to that weird sense of confusion that like you know like richard said where like dark souls 3 doesn't know what it's about mm -hmm. those uh those little details like that that are actually a thousand times cooler than what the game ended up focusing on more yeah you know um yeah yeah i mean it knows what it's about it's about reminding people hey isn't dark souls one really good well, yeah, and also, like, you thought you thought this was hard, you know, which is, like, leans into Jeremy's point, which is, like, yeah. such a big thing, yep. you know? And, and even anytime we say that, we're, uh, here's a pro tip for people. Um, if somebody's like, this is hard, don't, your response should be not be, that's not hard. <laughs> um, like, you're, that's not explicitly saying good, get good, but that's garbage, and don't yeah. do that. Yep. Like, I don't see why that's hard. It's like, well, does it, does that matter? <laughs> like, other people think it's hard. Yeah. You know, so like their response to it, their action to it is going to be yeah. informed by that, you yeah. know? Uh, so similar, so, similarly, if, if we strip away all of the, uh, like, like all of the controversy around Dark Souls 3, the response to somebody saying, man, the Capra team is really hard, isn't, hey, spend 15 minutes throwing dung pies over the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just use a kukri. Like that, that's, you know, that's not great. Um, and also just like the Capra demons, not hard should not be your opening thing. No, like it's just, it's just like somebody's sitting there having difficulty with something and you're just like, you know, uh, with anything in life yeah. and just being like, your experience is invalid. Here's how you get, you know, here's how you get past it. How about just your experience is valid. Here's how you get past it. <laughs> You'll seem like less of a dick. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's just, uh, as somebody who does this dark souls podcast, who thinks dark souls three is really hard. 
got a lot of people who have come up and just been like, this, this actually isn't hard. And it's such yeah. a belittling thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's frustrating. Like, it's fine for you to have a different experience. It's even fine for you to say like, I didn't have that experience. Let's mm-hmm. talk about here's what I did to do it. Yeah. You know, but just don't be like, it's not your reality of this is not true. Yeah. It's just like kind of a garbage yeah. thing. Um, I will quote Griffin McElroy from his pinned tweet, which is Twitter is the butt that we use to shit on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is just a place, you know, it's this weird thing where like people don't, you know, have this kind of like decorum. Yeah. That they, I wish <sighs> they, I wish they had, uh, yeah. um, yeah, which is fine. Like, I mean, I get it, but just like in general, I think that is a good way to be. Yeah. Yeah. To listen to me, but yeah. that's, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Don't, don't, um, don't listen to Gary. Listen to me. Gary's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and Jeremy's right. Yeah. Um, Tom says my contact. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, as a fan of both Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2, I really love that the Ring City finally brought the two together in loving tribute. The copy-slash-paste enemy structure from Lost Isolith found its match with the Shrine of Amana-style turret run. (laughs) Truly, this is the best way to end the series. Uh, As for the rest of the DLC, I felt like it did sum up Dark Souls 3, for better or worse. Another sword berserker as a final boss, a brand new daughter of Gwyn we haven't heard of before, and the game going, hey, remember Earth and Peak? Maybe it is best that the age burns and we start anew. I know I am ready for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. at least for the podcast, have we got an answer for you? Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You know, well, well said. It is, you know, and, and this, I say that as somebody who, uh, like borderline loves Shrine of Amana and uh-huh. likes Lost Isolith. So. Yeah. Oh, you fucking shill. You like Shrine of Amana? I think, I think Shrine of Amana is really cool. Yeah, I don't gosh. know. Yeah, it's, it's, you're being paid like off by one, Big Namco. Yeah, George Soros is paying me for uh, George Solos is uh, the one who pays us for Dirt Souls to love. He's making pot more strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah paid paid podcasters from George Solos who like, just, um, but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, you know that that uh, echoes some problems that I had with it. Yeah, as well. yeah. I mean specifically like the turret run thing. Like they've done that at least uh, you know at least three times before. Uh, Shrine of Amana, uh, Old Yarnum. Mm-hmm. And also the uh, um, Hunter's Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the, um, you know, in Shrine of Amana, like I dodge all those magic bullets. Like I'm not saying that like, you know, get good if you can't do that. But like no, you can't like it is it is signal. You can hear those things being fired from across the map. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. I can. I can do it by sound. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, with with a decent pair of headphones or without, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of decent speaker, I can do that by sound where it's just much harder to dodge. Uh, these things. And really, that's not even like I don't even hate the angel turret. Like we as we talked about, it's yeah, just yeah. that it goes on for so long. Yep. That sucks. Yeah. And it's one of like many mechanics that accomplish the, the same thing, which yeah. Jeremy talked about. And we talked about at length, like just move along, move along. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <sighs> Man. Um, let's see here. Bob writes in saying, I've never hated a souls product before, but I hated this DLC. I quit several times trudging my way through. It was a miserable experience as if from were trying to make the fan base glad the series is over. It was like the archers from dark souls one, but time and again for hours, it's a good thing. The series is over because after this debacle, uh, I'm not sure that I would buy another souls game. And I've never thought that I would say that. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd probably still buy another souls game. Um, but, uh, I mean, certainly, you know, we're, we're stopping the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I would want to do it, but I would not want to have the obligation to spend it, uh, you know, nine months with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I will play anything like if from puts out literally another, just dark souls, if they just lied and put out dark souls Four, mm-hmm. and even if the marketing is like, you thought the ring city was tough, <laughs> you know, I will still probably play it because like the things I get from it are still kind of 
unique and cool. Yeah. But I doesn't mean I'm going to like it. I yeah. would I would hate for that to happen. Yeah. You know, my that's my fear with with them uh, either with a Bloodborne two or any kind of souls like they do mm-hmm. is that they are stuck in this difficulty treadmill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not to make every response about our decision to stop the show, like we expressed a very similar experience. We are heartbroken about yeah. what has happened. Like that yeah. is the. That is the only the, like the the, the, <laughs> the only way I can sum up the way that I feel about my favorite series moving past me, mm-hmm. you know, like it is leaving a void, um, and you know it, it seems like there are decisions they could make that wouldn't be the case, but they're just different priorities and different values. Yep, irreconcilable differences. Yep, yeah, exactly, an annulment. Yeah, um, you know, which is you know, and again, like, so it's still interested, but it's sad. Yeah, I really hope that doesn't happen. I mean, honestly, like. I really hope that they don't do another souls. Like, like people keep going back and forth telling me they definitely will. Like I would love it if they just took a break from that for like yeah. five years, <laughs> you know, like let, let other companies do this and then, uh, or just exp- like go explore that design space. You like in a different genre, mm-hmm. you know, like it just, it doesn't have, cause I just can't imagine them dialing back this, like the super hardness. Like the, yeah. it's weird because, uh, as Jeremy said in his response, like, there are people who for whom that's for. Yep. Um, all the big streamers and PvP guys are like overjoyed about this stuff. This is like yeah. Lobos's favorite thing that the game's ever done. Um, you know, Peeverson, it's like his favorite thing the game's ever done. Yeah. You know, and it's, th- those are both people that we like. We are not resentful but that they're getting something that makes them happy. Not at all. Like I, I like <laughs> those guys are super nice. I love those dudes. Yeah. Like, they're like super nice guys. They're really talented. They're just like zero G. You know, they've been mm-hmm. training in zero G. Like they're <laughs> professional fighters, and this is a thing that requires that you fight professionally mm-hmm. whereas i am a decent fighter who uh also spends a lot of time like reading a book in the corner of the room and you know the ring and there's no book yeah you know the the, the book is written uh, like the the book from uh seven you know um yeah. that's a metaphor uh, <laughs> i didn't follow you there but i'm gonna trust yeah, it's, you it's not great like it's not good metaphor. um kevin says via contact uh, oh boy where do i even start with this one as someone who's always appreciated the difficulty but never found it a sole focus, I just don't think this DLC is for me. Despite being able to kill all the basic enemies very quickly, the Dark Eater just won't die. He takes the dubious honor of being the only boss I've never been able to solo in the franchise. He moves too quickly, he has such a limited verb set, uh, and he just takes and deals out way too much damage. I really love his whole aesthetic and all, but Dark, e- Dark Eater is a really shitty end to a DLC I found disappointing. And don't get me started on Gale, a guy who I barely understand, but is somehow supposed to be the triumphant final battle that the series deserves. Uh, I guess this is what I should expect from the guys who made Soul of Cinder. Personally, I love all the Souls games, even if I think the sequels were both weaker in their own ways. But I'm glad the series might finally be given a rest here, at least for now. The last thing we need is for this series to live long enough to become hollow. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't disagree with any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I like. I don't. As much as Gale is, I like Gale as a fight more than I like Soul of Cinder, mm-hmm. and I, he has a little bit more pathos because he's at least a character. Yeah, yeah. Neither of them compare to the embosses of anything else that's come before to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. No, no. I don't particularly care about them as characters, and like mm-hmm. even as fights, I don't love them. Like they're yeah, decent. Yeah. You know, like the you know Soul of Cinder is a decent boss fight. Like it's in the past fail. It's in the past section of the past fail boss fights in Dark mm-hmm. Souls Three, and Gale is better, even like a better boss fight. Yeah, than that you know, even yeah. if it's a little bit too harsh, but like you know, it's it's not not the height of the powers yeah of this thing yeah it, like so it's been a long time since i fought sin so it's hard for me to say why that is such a, a more successful fight than um mm-hmm. than uh dark eater eater Medir is but like you know fighting Medir um both on my own and then also um you know co-op with people like it is just the same stuff procked over and over again 
Like, I wish that there was more variety. I wish that there was something, something on top of that. It's, it's, is he's something in between ancient dragon and, and sin where he's, yeah. he's got more moves than ancient dragon does. Like ancient dragon has four moves and that's why ancient dragon sucks. Mm-hmm. But he has that same kind of like everything is ramped up to 11 as far as damage and consequence. So yeah. it becomes a patience test. It's not as much of a patience test as ancient dragon, mm-hmm. but it's still way more of a patience test than Calameter or, or sin. Yeah. As far as dragon fights go in the series, like, you know, it's, it's funny going back. Like, it's going to be so weird going back to like Calamite because Calamite is comparatively like, like just super doable. Like, I think that fight's really fun and good, Yeah, but it's not, it's, it's hard, but it's not that hard. Yeah. I thought Calamite was incredibly difficult the first time that I tried them. Um, and, uh, like, I don't, I don't think it's going to be baby town frolics because, you know, each game has different mechanics. Is that a thing? Oh, no, that's a, that, that is a, uh, that's an archer, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a, I don't think it's going to be like a, like a walk in the park, but, uh, you know, I, I fired up, um, I fired up Bloodborne and I got through to the Bloodstar Beast without dying once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And, and even, I mean, the, 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 again, the difficulty ramping is real. Like, yeah. Another thing, just, I mean, not to be like Gary's prescriptive corner, but like another thing that I'm pretty sick of seeing you know, the season of dark souls or things are just like, no, it's never changed. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, Oh, you're wrong. Like it's the same. It's always been mm-hmm. everything you're complaining about is just in your mind. Like it's that same kind of thing where it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't need you, to be gaslit about a thing that I've spent hundreds of hours <laughs> thinking about <laughs> literally like, you know, and I, I just have the sense and like, you know, I, I try not to be arrogant. I know I'm not always successful at that, but I just have the sense of like, you, you, who are you talking to? You know, like it, it's not at the very least, like, even if you don't, it, you, you, I'm not an expert. You shouldn't recognize any kind of expertise, but at the very yeah. least, like I've put in the time yeah. <laughs> to gain some kind of modicum of respect where I've earned my take on the thing. Yeah. You know, without having to be, uh, you know, oh, that's, that's not even the case. It's never changed. The lore mm-hmm. is exactly as silly. It's always been like, never mind. you know, like, but trying to invalidate my point rather than engage with it. Like it is yeah. a, a shitty condescending thing to do yep. and don't, you know, that kind of thing comes up with difficulty all the time too. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, I, mean, I recognize I'm coming off as really defensive in this. This is my last chance to air all my grievances <laughs> of shitty Twitter drive-bys. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I am, uh, I don't know. Careful man tries to dodge the bullet while a happy man takes the walk. I'm taking a walk. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nathan writes, uh, when I first played the DLC, I got caught up in the hype and enjoyed the lore implications of creating a new painting with the Dark Soul. Until I attempted to explain it to a friend who had yet to play the DLC, and I realized how unearned the whole idea was. At no point in the series did we get the indication that the Dark Soul could be used as a painting material. And the ultimate payoff uh, is is talking uh, to a side character who tells you, in a flat tone, thanks. Uh, What a humongous Mm -hmm. letdown to a series that felt uh, like it always cashed its checks. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Like, it, I'm fine with them introducing a new idea about, you know, like, hey, here, here is an unexpected use of the Dark Soul. I just wish that it had any basis outside of this, uh, outside of the DLC itself. Yeah. And then the real answer for that, and we brought this up a bunch of times in the episodes, is it wasn't planned right. at the time. Like, it's not like in the beginning when they first started referring to the Dark Soul, they ever conceived of this stuff. Right. And whenever that kind of thing happens and you have to kind of retcon stuff. A successful retcon makes it seem like it could have been planned all along. Mm-hmm. An unsuccessful retcon clings on your brain because it's like nothing previous really supports this. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't like contradict it, but it doesn't support it. Yeah. And uh, and that's what you're experiencing there. Like, that's why it feels flat, because it's like, oh, like this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, Gabriel says. <clears throat> 
For most of the season, I thought you guys were being a bit harsh, even though I could see where you were coming from. Dark Souls 3 was the first Souls game I, that I ever clicked with on a mechanical level, not going Bloodborne. So the story stuff didn't really bother me. I watched lore videos and Let's Plays of the old games, but none of the inconsistencies in the writing in 3 bugged me that much. The Ring City changed that. Not only was it too aggressively, ball-crushingly hard, Ow, my balls. making it, ah, my balls, I've been cut-crushed, uh, <laughs> making it no longer fun for me to play, but the story stuff was just straight-up nonsense. No amount of mental gymnastics could make it fit for me. It's like they put a different game at the end of their game. It's everything you guys said about the rest of the game condensed into one compact package of shit. Uh, it's it's a good thing that this is the last Souls game because with them leaving things like this, I wouldn't be coming back anyway. Yeah. No. Which again, it's funny, like to putting me as somebody who doesn't like Dark Souls Three that much, like putting me in a, a sense to be defensive about it because it's mm-hmm. like I don't like it either. Like I don't know, like this didn't wasn't the final straw for me. This seems no. about par for the course. Like I didn't <laughs> think the Ring City was that much worse as far as nonsense goes. Yeah, yeah. The, like the, 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 there are stretches of Dark Souls three that are really really good. Like think Undead Settlement through Cathedral of the Deep. Well, yeah. and and when we say good, we're talking about lore specifically. Like yes. when you say that you just um you know clicked it with you mechanically. Like oh yeah, like a that's common, true. Yeah, yeah. you know a, a common thread of people who really like Dark Souls three like literally just don't care about what's how like the context like it just doesn't matter to them which yeah. is like that sounds like i mean dismissive that's totally fine no yeah i mean it's 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 not our approach to it and like that is one of the reasons why this particular game would be confounding to us when it wouldn't be to other people you know again just different values that is something that we cannot account for and would be cumbersome to say like hey this makes us angry but it might not make everybody angry <laughs> this is a section where the 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 mechanics have kind of caught up to some of the story stuff yeah. right so like there are people who you know, I'll be like, one of the things I don't like about Dark Souls 3 is the build variety is kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone will be like, I literally don't care about build variety. And yeah. that's valid. Like, I just, I play through the games <laughs> the same way. This happens to be uh, the way I like to play. Like, mm-hmm. the game is made for that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you know, and and people who uh, just, like, want that level design, like, that level design is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but some of this is the first time that the mechanics have actually, I feel like, crossed into the zone where even people who don't do this all the time are going to be a little bit irritated because it is so much harder. Yeah. And so different and so weird. Uh, kind of mechanically like it's it's taking you and turning you into us which is you know the point of the the response but i can see how it happened <laughs> yeah you know yep yeah um let's see here harley writes the ring city retroactively eats into the previous game's lore to such a degree that it makes me think from actively hates the dark souls lore community one moment in the dlc encapsulates this perfectly that fucking statue of gwyn handing a crown to the furtive pygmy in one fell swoop it buried half of the lore of the previous games now everything revolves around lord gwyn pygmies far from being easily forgotten fought in the war with the ancient dragons uh there were pygmy kings and manis was just some dude uh there's another abyss dragon there's another acrobatic dark tinged swordsman and worst of all a random painter and Gale, people we barely know, have taken over Aldia's work of balancing light and dark. The entire second game, hundreds of hours of dialogue, item descriptions, and delicate storytelling is ignored in favor of two people who have maybe an hour of lore between them. Gale and the painter simply do not earn this lofty lore status, and it insults the intelligence of players to argue otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is a weird massive retcon. Like. Yeah. It's not, I argued against doing this in the past, but like, I, I largely just don't consider like Dark Souls 3 touching any of my Dark Souls 1 headcanon stuff. <laughs> like, I, I'm not like not the biggest headcanon guy, but I'm just like, oh, this seems like nonsense. And yeah. I, it's so much less cool that I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And part of that is lack of attachment to like what the text would be. 
mm-hmm. you know, with this new one. Um, and that even came up in like Bloodborne. There are things about Bloodborne's lore that I just decided not to care about and squint my eyes. Yeah, yeah. and appreciate the kind of meaning, you know, the the theme rather than the text. Mm-hmm. So like something about like where Kane Hurst fits in or where the Thumer- the details of the Thumerians. Like I don't think that matters yeah. to me. It doesn't impact my enjoyment. If I squint my eyes in Dark Souls three, like I've said this before, like if you squint, it becomes the themes of Dark Souls one again. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes, you know, me making those stretches isn't really worth it. And me getting the concrete information, like finding all those connections also does not lead me to new thematic conclusions. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't bother, you know? Yeah. I like mean, I'm reading this and I'm like, why don't we talk about this kind of retcon with the, 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 the pygmies? And it's like, I, I mean, realize we, it's we, like, we, I just don't we, think of, we did a little bit. Oh, we did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I'm incredibly frustrated that Manus is now some dude as Harley very yeah. adequately, you know, very aptly put it. Um, like, you know, the abyss and the dark soul being this representation of humanity and, you know, this temptation toward a huge, you know, cosmic force like Manus and the daughters of Manus being pieces of him. Like I thought it like being the dark soul, you know, being spread out and spreading that corruption and, you know, spreading worship of this and undermining existing, uh, existing kind of structures of society. Like that was an amazing thing. It was, it was an awesome thing to like carry this idea forward and articulate on it. and to have that be forgotten like that seems like such a huge waste and like there's mm. a little bit of that like the abyss is present here in the ring city but like it is such a backseat kind of idea to something that i think is less interesting you know than manis while also just having them do manis again with gail <laughs> yeah 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 it's just you know i it hasn't doesn't bother me that much because i'm just like oh this is like guiding <laughs> Like I'm playing Dark Souls Gaiden. I'm yeah. not playing, you know, a canon sequel, you know, yeah. because and the reason why Dark Souls 2 got away with that shit is because it was not trying to relate to it. Like right. everything was so far in the future that it was just aeons past and nobody understands history. And that was fine. Yeah. You know, oh, you remember the great beautiful beauty that was Elizabeth. You know, like that's such an important item description because it encapsulates so much of the relationship between Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 1. Mm-hmm. You know, and Dark Souls 3 just decided to go doing something different and in a weird way has just decided to like make so many things be like, you know, uh, purposely contrary to assumptions that the community made. Yeah. You know, and like, yes, the community can be wrong. Yeah. But is what is the thing that actually we have instead? Is it better or cooler? Yeah. Like, like no, they, like it, like super not. They, they shouldn't kowtow to community um, interpretations, you know, if if those things would make them make a make a, a better or worse thing. I've, mm. I've, I've, I got my double negatives there. They shouldn't let the community dictate them into making a worse thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, if it is just kind of contrary in this, which like it doesn't sometimes it feels like, you know, specifically yeah. uh, the, uh, you know, the Solaire stuff. Yeah. You know, like the the weird evidence that like Solaire has something stupid has happened to Solaire that's like not airtight <laughs> or anything, but like even just taking away his Gwyn's son status and just being like, oh no, it's another dude you never heard of. Yeah. Here he is. Like, you know, that was a tenuous lore connection from the community, but there wasn't a reason to undo it, I don't feel like. Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't I don't feel entitled to have whatever conjecture we find or make be canon, but again, it uh I don't know. Feel spiteful. It doesn't. It doesn't feel great. I, I don't want to yeah. ascribe intention to it, but it, yeah, uh, it just doesn't feel yeah. great. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. it. Doesn't feel great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This is me. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Liam, this is our friend uh, Liam from uh, the Slack channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam says, "Hi, Richard Pilbeam. Uh, likely already brought this up, but in case you didn't, 
The Half-Light Spear of the Church fight is actively hateful if you don't live in the United States or Japan. As a player from Australia, I was routinely backstabbed when the spear was in front of me or fell right at the end of the fight due to other latency issues. If this were an optional boss, then fine, I could ignore it. But as the second uh, last encounter in the series, having a fight that provides for a vastly different experience based on a significant factor out of the player's control, i.e. geography, is at best poor game design and at worst an act of spite. This boss is my least favorite in the Soul series uh, and contributed significantly to the absence of any form of enjoyment from this DLC. Get fucked, Souls. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. he's like, talking about like you know <laughs> online players and lag being a factor yeah. uh, in that fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, like that, like that is terrible. If you live in Australia, <laughs> that you just can't engage with like main content. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Like, like shitty internet and like having a, having lag problems and, a, yeah. you know, because we've had a PVP, um, kind of focused, you know, two other PVP focused mandatory fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't remember hearing this complaint about either of those. Yeah. They, you know, it just, they may have been there. It, like they like, it may have been the case. I think what I think that maybe they were just more likely to, you know, it might actually be a fact like a double edged sword of the connectivity being uh, better or the matchmaking being better. Where mm-hmm. in Dark Souls two or in Demon Souls, if uh, it couldn't make the match because of like shitty internet, it mm-hmm. would just port in the the default. Yeah, yeah. You know, guy. And this, you know, the 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 connectivity is good enough to get somebody in, but not good enough to like actually do the predictive. <laughs> gameplay shit to make backstabs work yeah you know, whatever that word is for like your computer modeling what the other computer is about to do yeah like just the weird like, like chunking or predictions yeah yeah so yeah yeah um thanks liam mm-hmm. yeah and on now on to the mid the middle <laughs> mama bear responses <laughs> yeah um so we got the we got the venom out mostly but there's uh you know some people here who have uh who have kind of split Split opinions. Uh, so Matt writes in saying, I think this DLC pushed me, uh, finally pushed my boundary for unnecessary difficulty. I've never felt that vanilla Dark Souls 3 was unfair. Perhaps maybe Nameless King, but he is optional. Um, and continued holding that belief until I got to Elfrida. Um, I thought maybe this was just a hiccup, but unfortunately, I feel that all of the Ring City DLC is far too punishing. My biggest complaint, however, would be that, yet again, From Software screwed up a covenant. The wall, uh, sorry, to wall off a covenant uh, that needs participation behind a very bullshit boss is mind boggling. Uh, The only reason that I could think of this being a good decision would be that they wanted a spear of the church to be an above average player uh, when they were summoned. Um, I believe that this ties to my initial complaint of the whole DLC being unfair. Um, And I am not on board with the, (laughs) with the decision. If that was the case Uh, aesthetically, however, the DLC was very beautiful um, and I did enjoy some of the lore bits. Yeah. yeah. Not going to take the aesthetics away. There are parts of this that are just fucking astonishing. Yeah, like jaw dropping. Like, yeah. it's really, really good looking. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, the idea, I think that the idea of it being, you know, I mentioned this when I was complaining about that, that spear of the church fight where like only the best of the best people yeah. are going to be sent up to fight you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can summon anyone for help, but only the people who have beat what is arguably the hardest boss in the series, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can, can actually, and they're just, just like loaded for bear because it's a troll covenant. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, it is made to just be as hard as possible, mm-hmm. you know, in some kind of, uh, misguided yeah. sense of climax. I want to say it would feel much better if they instead, um, put the covenant item behind Gale. Um, hmm. you know, if the fight wasn't optional and just kind of like, Hey, you've seen what happens when you wake up Filianor and instead made it narratively justified by like, okay, now go and stop other people from doing this. 
Mm. <laughs> you, you know, uh, that gets rid of the, you know, of, of, of Madeir, that gets rid of a significant, um, kind of incentive for beating Madeir. But I think the people who are beating Madeir oftentimes are doing so to say they did it anyway. I don't see that much of a functional difference between putting it behind one what, or the other. Cool. What are they trying to say? What? what why are they beating Madeir? What do they want to say? Uh, they, they, they want to say that they did it. Okay, I was, I was trying to beat you into doing the... Uh, oh, voice. I did. Was, was, <laughs> I'll beat my dear now. G- Gary, was me right or wrong? <laughs> you were... <laughs> me was right. <laughs> was me right or wrong? Uh, uh, but yeah. yeah I, I, think that, I think that's true. I also think that, like, they wanted to kind of ramp up the reward for Madeir. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they give it this thing, but the fact that it is explicitly kind of a hateful reward drives me nuts. <laughs> like it is, you know, to say hey, fuck over other players. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, so like they didn't feel the need to do that with the arch dragon or sorry, not the arch dragon, but the, uh, the, the adrenal dragon. What's his fucking name? The ancient dragon and dark ancient souls dragon. too. So many, yeah. so many adjective dragons. Um, like so that just got dragon, you some you... lore and also got you one of the souls of the giant. If you wanted to make the, uh, the final bosses easier. Yeah, if you want, yeah, if you want to make a Vendrick. Uh, Vendrick easier, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's, you know, and and like it's kind of weird. It, it reminds me, it's kind of you can do an interesting kind of comparison between um, what happens when you beat Calamite versus Madeir. Oh yeah, um, Madeir allows you to do this covenant that allows you to fight and kill other players. Calamite gives you a ring that makes the game harder for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like I like challenge. I want to be challenged more versus. Mm-hmm. I like challenge. I want other people to be challenged more. Yeah. You know, like they're very different philosophies mm-hmm. uh, of things. And like, they'd already given you the, the calamitous ring. Like that's already happened. They couldn't right, just do that right. again. But yeah. I feel like those are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are kind of like, you know, non mandatory rewards for, for moving forward. there, just for people who want the challenge. But like, I just feel like they're different philosophies. Yeah. 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 Um, Jacob or Jakob, like it's got a K, so I'm not sure which one it is. I apologize. Uh, if I'm, I mean, I guess I did mispronounce it, and I pronounced it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did you, you, you covered your bases. You're fine. I, I covered some bases. Uh, says, <clears throat> by contact, I was really taken aback by how I felt going through this DLC the first time. I'd say that aside from the angels doing a bit too much damage and the bosses and some enemies all generally having too much HP, I felt like, aside from the HP thing, the bosses are all actually fairly easy to learn. Gale specifically is a duel that is complicated at first glance, but the gimmick here is the spectacle itself. If you can zero in on what he's actually doing and not the bells and whistles, his attacks are all fairly basic. You can block most of his moves, and he's even fairly easy to stagger. Overall, though, it suffers from the same problems Dark Souls 3 does as a whole. The stuff it uh, presents isn't inherently bad or poorly presented, but it's a retread, and because of that, it doesn't have much value. Dark Souls 3 as a whole makes more sense as a companion piece to Dark Souls 1 than it does its own work. All it seeks to do is drill in any themes from the first game that you may have missed, and it always does it elegantly. Uh, the Ring City is the same in this regard. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how elegantly it does it, actually. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to be just contrarian, but I, I'm happy to agree to disagree about that. But I don't yeah, think yeah. that, yeah, I think that is it is a too too broad of a brush. Mm-hmm. And some things like, so the Ring City that is trying to, uh, you know, underline the themes of, of Dark Souls, uh, you know, some somehow mm-hmm. uh with that you know with the idea of like oh you're going to be able to do this this kind of primordial medium and make this new place uh i can't think of a moment in the game that felt more meaningless than being able to paint that new world and have it just be another painted world <laughs> right you know that didn't underline any themes for well, me. well while you're literally in a room that is burning down 
Yeah, no. because the old painted world was a nightmare. Yeah. Like that is the theme of Dark Souls. Like it is that, you know, we're this this uh, kind of entropy is inevitable. But I don't feel like that's a better way of presenting it than Dark Souls one was yeah. like having the same serpents at the end of every both endings, mm-hmm. you know, in Dark Souls, Dark Souls one or having the uh, the good serpent at the end of uh, the bad ending. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, quote unquote, just for it to be reductive of Dark Souls one was way more elegant to me yeah. of that idea that like, you know, this or even just the the and even like, the, you know, again, uh, George Solzos is like yeah. paying me off for this. But like the even the base ending of Dark Souls two, mm-hmm. like, you know, the fact that oh, it doesn't actually matter what you do here. Right. You know, because the, this kingdom has been on the ruins of a millennia of kingdom like that was a more elegant way of putting that theme to me. Yeah. And that's agreed. Kyle writes. Thanks to a f- thanks to fellow Souls community member Jeremy Greer, my time with the Ring to City DLC was much shorter and more enjoyable than most. Allow me to set the stage. I had just finished a seven-day stretch of work and, though deeply exhausted, sat down to play the supposed final piece of Dark Souls content for the foreseeable future. I managed to get to the ridiculous Earth and Peak area and those angelic hate turret angels uh, <laughs> and those angelic hate turret angels paired with the uh, with some extremely poorly designed slash uh, signposted areas bogged down my progress. Uh, I made it to the bonfire and took the plunge. But the Demon Boss 2 Electric Boogaloo Edition stopped me dead in my tracks. I had already had enough. I took a break and ate dinner and gave it uh, gave it another shot later that night. Thankfully, Jeremy was available to hook <laughs> available to help. Uh, and while uh, waiting for him to accept my invite, I grabbed a random white summon uh, and finished the Demon Prince. The rest of the night was a hilarious blur of my exhausted slap happiness and Jeremy polishing off a six pack of beer as he guided me through the Ring City proper. I remember laughing hysterically at the half chicken, half calf statues littering the city. The spear boss uh, was a pushover as whoever the game summoned uh, was either AFK or lagged to the point of non-movement as I gleefully backstabbed them over and over until the fight was finished. Hey, maybe that was Liam. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh. Um, uh, uh, we tried Gale probably 20 times laughing maniacally uh, at what would have been a source of pure frustration and impossibility if I was just playing solo. Um, it just became even more hilarious as we failed over and over again uh, to his titanic HP bar and absurdly overwhelming attacks. Once we got him down to a magic pixel of health before his uh, stupid red Santa cape wiped both of us, uh, uh, wiped, wiped both of us out in one fell swoop. Uh, we eventually uh, called it a night, uh, and I finished Gale later after some leveling up. And yet another random co-op partner helped me through. Let me be clear. I definitely wouldn't have finished the DLC or gained what small closure it offers if it wasn't for Jeremy and his generous drunken son broing. But in the end, something that would have been an exercise in frustration and and disappointment became an experience about community. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy's great. Like, I mean, I I spent enough time talking about this during the episode, but like I only finished the the chalices because Jeremy helped me through like the shitty defiled stuff. Yeah, me, I mean, you know, I, did, I ended up doing a lot of that by myself, but Jeremy helped me with a, a good section of it, too. Yeah. You know, and I wish I had had help. Like, I tried yeah. to summon help for all those things. Like, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of times when we complain about boss difficulty, people will be like, well, just summon, you know, yeah. and it's like, it's <laughs> we're not. We're trying. You, we're trying so yeah. hard. <laughs> well, like, we're either, we're either trying or, like, you know, something can be, like, just the fact that you can summon doesn't paper over every design decision. Because, right, like, right. not every boss is designed to be fought. 
with a summon. Uh-huh. You know, and this is this is common. This has been true in the Souls thing, and it's always been true. Is that like having an extra person there breaks some of the bosses? Yeah, yeah. Like they become you know comically easy because they can't focus on multiple things at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always been true, you know. So it can yeah. still be a boss that is worth complaining about for reasons, even if you can trivialize it through summoning, because you can <laughs> trivialize most things through summoning. Yeah. Um, not Gale, because Gale is you know through the stratosphere with HP and stuff, but like. <laughs> You know, some bosses you can you can make much easier that way. Yeah, doesn't always make them good just because it's possible. No, no yeah. possible does not equal the good. But um, it is nice to like, you know, the same way like just having people with you can make a lot of things like this fun. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I probably would. I mean, I don't think I would think that they were really well designed, but the, like the more hateful chalices, I would have enjoyed much more if I had Jeremy or someone else with me mm-hmm. for them. And people who still play chalices now, that's what they do is like they get some people and they do some chalice dives. Yeah. You know, it's like we're just going to play some random ass chalices and just like have the co-op experience of souls. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and that's that's cool. Like if like that's super sweet, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that can be a fun time. Yeah. Yep. So. I'm just uh, very happy that um, people from the community are helping each other like that is yeah. that, that, that was a, that was an awesome story to read. And um, yeah. I'm happy that it happens. And I know yeah. that that is not the only time that it has happened. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rick says by contact. I want to preface this by saying that I'm absolutely a Dark Souls 3 apologist. While the plot was bad and pandery, the lore was deeply unsatisfying, and the linear-as-fuck world design was a far cry from the glorious masterpiece that was the original, the individual level designs, set pieces, and encounters were, by and large, solid and well put together. It felt familiar and really good in the hands, though that broken poise is still bullshit. Um, I really wanted to like the Ring City, but in the end, it really felt like getting uh, back together with an X. At face value, it feels familiar and good and comfortable, but you quickly remember why you broke up in the first place. It wasn't long before the bad outweighed the good again, and I kind of just couldn't wait for it to be over. Everything that was weak in the main game was distilled to its essence in the DLC, with the added bullshit of some absolutely egregious enemies and mechanics. Though I definitely had fun, in parts, and thought some of the new enemies were really enjoyable fights, it ended on a very sour note. Not because the Slave Knight Gale fight was especially terrible, but because he was the final materialization of Krusty definitely not showing up. Seriously, how does he make any sense as the final boss of the series, and what the fuck is that asshole even doing here? I cannot wait for you, uh, you guys to give it the old Gary Butterfield and Cold Ross, uh, <laughs> Gary Bitterfield and Cold Ross treatment. Like, yeah, sorry, uh, I caught that. Uh, that it originally deserves. Bummer of an end to a still great series. Yeah. I don't think we were as harsh, maybe, as we could have been. Like, on the DLC, <laughs> like, even. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I left too much on the table. <laughs> no, no, no. We didn't leave tons on the table, but, like, it wasn't. You know, I think that like the fact that we're just kind of tired, yeah. uh, you know, like just like just shines yeah. through where like, you know, compare it with the, the Chalice Dungeon, oh, second yeah. Chalice Dungeon episodes where like we are animated with hate. <laughs> At this point, it is just like, uh, you know, yeah, yep, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I can't care about it that much. Yeah, And by, by know? the time we recorded that episode, you know, not too long ago, we had already decided what we were going to do. So like, yeah, as yeah. Far with the with the show, not yeah. decided what was going to be in the episode right, before right. we, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, it is really hard, and and you know we t- we I think we discussed the central argument against this. Not that mm-hmm. I agree with the argument against it, but the idea that when people criticize Gale as the final boss of the series, maybe they're not supposed to because this is a side story. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same way that Calamite is not, or Manus isn't the final boss of the series. Right. However, like this does feel different, and it's twenty levels higher than the actual game. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of people were wanted to sub this in because the main boss of Dark Souls Three is not super satisfying from a. Uh, story perspective yeah you know so something like they wanted to fight a character mm-hmm. and this ended up being the character yeah uh it gail is certainly a character yeah he's waka a character. Waka. he'll sleep tonight 
Look at that cape. <laughs> Look at that cape. Um, let's see here uh chris writes in saying hey there episode boys my experience with the ring city was very mixed up to this point i have loved all Soulsborne releases from uh from from soft uh in spite of whatever problems each release had the ring city was the first content release that brought me more frustration than fun the visual presentation of all the content was excellent but the difficulty has gotten unreasonable as a dex character using the onikiri and the ubadachi or chaos blade i was surprised to find that the first boss fight uh, was a breeze then i got to the optional fight with dark eater madir madir was a wall for me uh, only when i decided to do a full respec into pure into a pure sorcery build was i able to defeat it once I was fully in sorcery, I found that the Ring City uh, difficulty was no big deal. Where you could use uh, when you could use Hidden Body to easily traverse the content and face melting <laughs> and have face melting soul spears to kill everything. Um, I expect that even the damned angels wouldn't be a big deal with invisibility. Still, I don't like that I need to change to a build that is for me much less enjoyable just to feel like I had a shot at finishing off the content. I did like patches though. I always got uh, I always get a big grin when that lovable scamp shows up. Patches is a triumph. Yeah, it's it's super weird because like patches is always the most obvious callback. Like he is literally just a character that has spanned all of this. And I've put some thought into that. Like he's just kind of grandfathered in because he's always been there. But like mm-hmm. he's always used in really cool ways, even if even if he isn't there directly, you know, mm-hmm. you know, um, what's what, what's his name? Peter, yeah, Pete, uh, Peter Serfinowicz's character um, was was an awesome kind of like tag team with Creighton, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then having spider patches like for some reason that doesn't trip off the bullshit callback uh, meter. No, no, I, I accept, you know, the same way I accept the Moonlight Greatsword yeah. showing up and everything. Like, it's just like things that are series Easter eggs Yeah, uh, just feel different to me. You know, you can't, once, you know, an Easter egg has to be kind of rare to be an Easter egg. Yeah. Like, and the, you know, it, you can't have like... Gary, don't don't eat rare eggs. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you, you can eat rare eggs. Like, you can, <laughs> like rare eggs are actually fine. <laughs> yeah. My mom used to say, um, I think I've told you this before, where she like thought it was crazy that anyone would eat um, an egg that still had runny yolk. And the phrase she used was an up egg. And that was the only phrase she was like, you'd eat an up egg. You're up telling egg. me to eat an up egg. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just, you said no, no, the, no. The, 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 the phrase rare, rare egg and it caught my yeah. attention. No, I gotcha. It is um, like Billy Hatcher. That's rare, right? No, that's... Um, no, no, that's Sega. Yeah, that's Sega. Um, the uh but yeah so the uh the, that's the difference between like an easter egg and just a callback <laughs> you know like patches is an easter egg because he's one you know one or two things that show up mm-hmm. um the demons that carry you from place to place are an easter egg yeah you know it was a you know whereas like Siegward is not an easter egg no you no know, he's got dial like like entirely different dialogue he's so clearly quoting the thing mm-hmm. you know it's whether the same thing shows up or something that kind of quotes it and winks about it yeah, yeah. shows up as at least part of it um, yeah, and that that kind of like uh, not honoring different builds is a big problem with Dark Souls Three. Like, mm-hmm. I was going through this as a Dex after they nerfed my luck build for no good reason, <laughs> um, for just for PvP balance, you yeah, know. Yeah. And the um, going through his Dex, and I was just like not doing enough damage to like even anything. Like, I beat you know beat Gale and stuff, and like I had a pretty good bleed sword. Mm-hmm. I could bleed him, but bleed does you know if I'm doing 150 damage per strike, I can only get in a couple strikes, and maybe every, you know six strikes i get an extra 500 damage yeah you know which is the equivalent of like three extra strikes like it's yeah. not 
know, as opposed to if I had a big fuck off high damage weapon. Yeah. You know, like I felt like my DPS was just not very good. And that was my experience for most of my decks, you know, run through of Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, strength was much more like when I played through the first time as a big strength guy, it was much more smooth, you know, for me because and I got iframes, like I got hyper armor. Like I didn't realize there wasn't poise for a long time in the game because I was using a big weapon and had yeah. hyper armor. Yep. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, I pretty much all of my attempts to experiment were rebuffed and I ended up doing a big fuck off weapon because that was the only way that I could uh, be effective. The thing with me is I was out of respects. Yep. I ended up doing respects because of the, uh, you know, when they buffed uh, yeah. the luck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I ended up, uh, you know, I just, and I wasn't like, hell, I'm going to join the covenant and like do invasions to get mm-hmm. tongues. Like no, no. So limited, limiting respects is a, a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, that. Or, I mean like doing it that way or like tying it to a covenant reward. You can yeah. only find a couple of those naturally. Right. Yeah. And then you only get yeah. like five or did they patch that out? The, 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 um, the five, the five respects. I think it's still, I think it's still the five. Okay. Yeah. That you can do. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, moving on, uh, Kevin says my contact. While playing through the Ring City and fighting the Spear of the Church for the first time, something pretty funny happened to me, and I thought I'd share. I walked into the boss room not knowing what to expect, and a giant stood in the back of the room and monologued at me while I slashed at his ankles with a tiny sword. Eventually, he summoned the real boss of the area, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It was the ultimate insult. Another damn callback. The boss's health bar read, Artorius, Spear of the Church. I couldn't believe my eyes. Um, This is pretty uh, eventually I lost the fight and raced back to the boss room to fight him again. My head full of questions. Why would Artorius be back here? How could he be? Why would he fight alongside the painting guardians? Why did he look like a phantom invader? Uh, the boss spawned again, but this time, uh, it was named kickflip Hitler 420 or there's some such nonsense. Uh, that's when I realized the conceit of the fight and laughed at myself a bit for getting so damn annoyed. Uh, in the end, I was happy to see from reference the coolest boss fight in Demon Souls when only a few minutes earlier I was annoyed at them for referencing the coolest fight in Dark Souls. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's that uh, it's it's that throw of the dice. <laughs> yeah, I like that story. I don't know that I have much to add, but yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, Luke writes. The Ring City was a weird one. Visiting that amazing vista from the end of the main game was much more appetizing than an arbitrary DS3 version of a painted world. And when I got there, uh, the weird twisted art architecture was a pretty cool bit of level design. After that, an awkward opening highlighted the way it didn't quite fit into the main game. The irritating angel enemies felt like a deliberate jab at people who wanted angel lore. Um, I preferred these bosses to the ones in Ashes, uh, but I didn't need any more demons. The dragon was as bad as any Souls dragon fight. From really needs to borrow Capcom's Monster Hunter team before they try another one. And as for Abyssal Santa, um, I think he's referring to Gale there. Um, I think that we all knew uh, the one thing Artorius was lacking was a second stage with a load of over-the-top fire moves. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. The idea of like from putting those angels in there as a fuck you, I didn't even think about. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's irritating. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, because they have said like, you know, that was a big thing that, you know, I found hard to believe. But when you asked them, they said, no, no, Dark Souls three is completely full. Like that's a complete story, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and that that bums me out. And that's why, you know, when we wanted Krusty to get there, uh, it was always a little bit uh, misguided because they told us Krusty wasn't going to get here. Yeah. Yeah, like they just like they weren't going to explain the things that we felt weren't adequately explained mm-hmm. because to them they said that it is adequately explained. Yes. You know? Um 
So like them kind of saying, fuck you about that is kind of irritated. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that didn't happen. Yeah. So hopefully it was not that. Yeah. Good. Doesn't feel great. <sighs> yeah. It doesn't feel great. Oh, I'm being told fuck you from this thing that I've dedicated like a large portion of my life to. Yep. Um, Matt says by contact. <clears throat> My problem with the final scene is similar to my problem with the many tiny flames ending of the main game. They have a similar everything will be all right Disney aspect to them, which is rightly missing from Dark Souls 1. I find giving the painter the Dark Soul and listening to her childish hope makes for a delicate scene that did indeed move me. However, while a new game does demand a new message, I feel ultimately that this added message of renewal and new hope isn't one that belongs in the series. Dark Souls had a deeper and unique moral that has now been diluted. On reflection, the painter's promise of a new and gentle world came across as narcissistic, perhaps to the player who is playing the last game, and perhaps to the writer who has written the last game in the series. To finish on a positive note, the mandatory ending of The Ring City has you standing alone in a future that is basically dead. Your precious Dark Soul, actually effectively mocked by many characters such as the Pygmy Guide and Patches, is worthless uh, as it has been shared among many and then consumed by Gale. Perhaps an angle that the writers were going for was to criticize the new good ending, the Lord of Hollows ending. By standing in a doomed future in the ruins of our precious Londor, we are motivated to wonder what power we have over the world, whatever our choice. I feel this possible takeaway is the closest to that original feeling of uncertainty we had when making the original decision at the end of Dark Souls 1. Yeah, that's hard to respond to because I don't, like I don't, don't didn't see either of those endings as that. Right. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the thing, I think the painter's ending is wry, if anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say that. Like painters always think the world's going to be good. It never yeah. is. Yeah. It's always a nightmare zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, I never thought of the Londor ending as like a good ending where we like made it. Right. Right. You know, it it quotes the like you know again it quotes the Age of Dark ending visually mm-hmm. so much that like it feels like the same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you make a very good point about like standing in that arena with Gale dead and finally getting the, getting the dark soul and kind of being underwhelmed by what it actually is. Um, you know, as you look at the ruins of everything around you, like that is a powerful and striking moment, but it just falls under aesthetic to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 It would be, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's a, that would be a cool ending for it too. Yeah. You know, camera just starts zooming out. You still have control until you can't. You just see this limitless gray waste and then credits. Yep. You know, I would have dug that. Yeah. I like that that actually would have been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Um, and also, Matt uses our word there, diluted. Yeah, Something diluted. That it was, that was the, the, theme, the theme word of uh, the last two episodes. Yeah. Um, now let's get on to some positive responses. I assure you, they're here. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Eric writes, I've got some thoughts on Slave Knight Gale, a.k.a. Artorias 2.0. When I first encountered the final DLC boss and he threw that corpse at me, uh, my stomach clenched. How dare you play on my love of the best and uh, of one of the best and most tragic boss fights in the entire Souls series. Then I had to put aside my fury and disgust because, much like Artorias, Gale does not mess around. Once I started paying attention to the fight itself, the mechanics and strategies started recalling Artorias as well, and I began enjoying the fight for its own sake. Uh, the fight mixes familiar attack patterns from Artorias uh, so that I fell into the comfortable, tough duel mindset with just uh, slightly new enough moves uh, that I still had to pay attention and learn. The second phase could easily lose that dumb crossbow machine gun, but at least he doesn't get a new health bar. After I beat him, I found myself appreciating the appropriateness of the similarities between Gale and Artorias, given the nature of their corruption by the dark. Interested to hear your take. Final question. 
Uh, what do you think it means that we can access this DLC from not one, but two special warpy bonfires in the world? Um, I understand uh, the one in the kiln, but why in Ariandel? Uh, is that where Gale got into the dreg heap? Um, yeah, that was my idea. Yeah, yeah. Or it's kind it. of like him, you know, all of this DLC is Gale leading you along. Like, he would have left that as saying, like, hey, come come along after you have, you know, completed yeah. completed the business here. It's actually those, the one that I under like understand less is the killed one. Yeah. And the yeah. reason why that's there is a gameplay conceit, because yeah. you can do this before the first DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like that one, I think is there. I mean, it has to be there because this is a sequel to the DLC more than a sequel to Dark Souls Three. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, and like I, you know, and and largely like agree with you. Like I think the Gale fight is pretty good. Yeah. I think that if it, other than you know the issues you brought up, I think the the real big issue with it though is that it does illustrate that like it's not like a whole lot new that they're doing with boss fights anymore. Yeah. You know, even something like um, you know, uh, uh, Gale is not that dissimilar to Elfrida. You know, mm-hmm. Elfrida has the gimmick of the third boss or the third phase, mm-hmm. but that and that's not that different from Maria. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's we're kind of we're kind of out of new stuff to do with these yeah. these dual fights. Um, and they're you know they they can be good. You know, Gale is almost like a great fight, and it, as is is pretty good. But um, they, I don't think they're that new. Like I feel like it's even if he wasn't explicitly masking or like matching Artorius, yep, he still kind of would. You know, in a weird way, like it's still at a wireframe level, mm-hmm. like. It's like, you know, I don't know. There's there's just not that much uh, verb space right. in these fights. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, you know, I of course, of course you know, yeah, yeah it, it feels like that because that's what hard Dark Souls duels feel like now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sindre says, I hope uh, I'm pronouncing your name right. I might not be. Um, for me, the Ring City was perfect. Not too easy, not too hard. Maybe I had just the right level, or maybe I'd reached that mythical state of got good. It was nice to see the painter get the pigment uh, so that through the painting, the humans can finally have their age of dark. Um, I went in not really expecting to have all my questions answered, and all in all, I'm happy with what I got instead of being angry about what I didn't. Yeah. Different That's expectations. The definition, of ha- the definition of happiness. Be grateful for what you have. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to add, but like that is totally a, a valid response to this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. If you, you know... I don't think I was ever going to love like the story and lore stuff, but mm-hmm. I would have been much more positive on it if it was frictionless. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're talking about is it reaching a flow state for you where it's not too hard, not too easy. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what you want to have a game in. And I just didn't have that. I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, it was at many points there was friction and friction is huge. Yeah. You know, we talk about friction all the time. Friction makes a big difference. It does. So Joseph but. writes um, via contact uh, as a big fan of Dark Souls three. I greatly enjoyed the ring city. I played through the uh, through the first time on my base new game Soul Level eighty five Glass Cannon Mage. My offensive crystal sorceries and crystal infused Estoc carried me through the ashes of Ariandel without much problem. But for this DLC, I had to rely on a spell that I had never thought to use on all of my previous playthroughs of Dark Souls one and three, Hidden Body. Mind you, uh, this was before the patch that made it effective against the angels in the drag key. Uh, uh, let me make sure I got that right. Yes. Okay. So uh, the, mm-hmm. before it made it effective. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a problem anyway, as the level organically laid out enough cover for me to dart through the area relatively safely and destroy the sources that spawned the angels, uh, allowing me to explore my own, uh, explore my own pace uh, after that first hectic run. 
hidden body, however, proved invaluable in the ringed city itself. It allowed me to assassinate just about every enemy from a distance. Uh, whether it was disintegrating the generic hollows and shelled spellcasters with crystal soul spear, performing drop attacks on the Herald Legion Knights from the arches, or just straight up backstabbing the precursor dark wraiths, uh, it was incredibly satisfying to methodically stealth my way through those majestic ruins like a ninja wizard. Uh, the Soul series has always been uh, at its most compelling when it takes uh, takes me out of my comfort zone. The Ring City was another strong reminder of the palpable pleasure that I get from overcoming challenges by just uh, by just trying out something that I had never tried before. Um, maybe this wasn't the grand conclusion uh, to the Dark Souls trilogy that I and many others expected lore-wise, but the specifics of the narrative and world-building have always been secondary to the overwhelming atmosphere and the, and the deliberate gameplay design that I uh, uh, that I believe uh, shown through uh, one last time. Along with Ashes of Ariandel, no, I'm not joking, I like that too, um, I feel these two DLCs are a good send-off to an all-time classic series. No, thanks, Joseph. Yeah. yeah I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't use Hidden Body. I've heard other people uh, who pour themselves a nice glass of Hidden Body Ranch <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool that, like, you know, so Sorcery has gotten much less powerful um, since Demon Souls and Dark Souls, right? Like yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was barely a factor in, uh, in, in Bloodborne, like its own version of spells. Dark Souls 2 made the early going of a, of, of a sorcery run really, really difficult. And like I very quickly ran away from doing sorcery in Dark Souls 3 to find out that like it is a way for you to like, you know, just <laughs> outpace the challenges and get around them. Like that is cool and interesting that like this little used spell would unlock this for you in a way that made it like satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's super cool specifically that it's like narratively, you know, uh, you know, felt different, I guess, yeah. not narratively, but like, because like that, that's pretty much what I did too mm-hmm. was run around, you know, and, and just run past stuff without yeah. having hidden body. Um, hidden body would have made it easier. Yeah. You know, but, um, it's uh, it's it's an interesting take, and it kind of feels like Demon Soulsy, you yeah. know, because Demon Souls had that kind of stealth element. Yeah, that was uh, more important to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then like atmosphere is such an interesting like watchword too, because when people, you know, the two things that run that come up when people talk about uh, who like Dark Souls three more than we do, um, it is you know people who don't care about the the lore and story, mm-hmm. and then atmosphere and kind of like the beauty of it comes through a lot. Yeah. And like, I'm not immune to that, but I feel like in general, that's something I care about in games less than a lot of my contemporaries. Right. Even among people on the podcast, uh, mood and atmosphere, I think are some of the things that video games can do really well, even if the story falls down, um, you know, actually making existing in this world, um, a, an aesthetic, not aesthetically, because those are, those are kind of different things. Making it, um, kind of a, uh, an, an elevated thing is valuable and it's something that video games do especially well. Here, there's too much on the line, I think, to just rely on it being pretty and it conveying a really strong mood. Um, and so, like, that is why I am not on Team Atmosphere, even though I acknowledge that it is atmospheric and it is pretty. It's not enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not like I don't care for atmosphere. Like, yeah, I, I, I do. I'm definitely. I do care I'm not saying. I'm not saying yeah. that. that, that, that like, I, I definitely do. It's yeah. just. It's just not. It's just not enough. Yeah. You know. So it's like here. It's not enough. A lot of times, it's not enough. Like. When you know, so like when I look at um, so from Twin Humanities, our friend and and, and your CJ, um, who is somebody who like I dearly love, like super super sweet dude, hilarious, mm-hmm. um, has really different values in games than I do, which is great and fine. Um, but that's a big thing for him is just like how pretty something is, yeah. And it just and like it, his joy isn't any less real. Oh yeah, 
you know, like his, his enjoyment of it is not like he's not having fun and that's what's important at the end, mm -hmm. you know, but to, like it, that just won't do something for me as right. much. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard for me to think of something where like the atmosphere alone has carried me through something. I mean, it has to go down to like something super small and super compact. Um, like, like, like indie games that just yeah. focus on that. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, something like in the kingdom, right? Like, so that's like this, uh, you know, 20 minute long kind of first person shooter horror game mm -hmm. has like an amazing atmosphere. Yeah. Um, it's a 20 minute long game though. Like, <laughs> and, and horror is another thing too. Like horror is a big thing. So yeah, like something yeah. like, um, uh, what is that? Uh, that spooky house game that we just did for check it out comrade. <laughs> by, uh, Are you thinking of, Oh man, I can't remember. Yeah. I, boy, this is killing me. This um, is so dumb. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, but it's okay. Cause I'm gonna look it up now. Cause it's, uh, it's we're on. um, the uh, anatomy. Yeah. So like, yeah, anatomy is awesome. Yeah. And that's mostly atmosphere. Yep. You know, it has other things it's doing. It's not only atmosphere, Yeah. but a big reason why that works for me is that is like a short thing where like, there's not a narrative on the line. There aren't mechanics on the line. So narrative, like atmosphere can be enough. Yeah. It's always a strength. It's even a strength to the ring city. Mm -hmm. It's just not strong enough. Right. You know? Um, and it's cool. Like the people who literally just like, this is why I play video games. Like I'm just into this, like mm -hmm. feeling of like sense of place and being transported to a land, you know, like take a look, it's in a book, you know, like, <laughs> th like that kind of thing. And that's cool. Like, again, your joy is no less real. It just doesn't, isn't yeah. enough for me. Yep. And I, I like to think that we always at least mention it or bring it up or, you know, hopefully sometimes even do justice to describing um, you know, what, what, what that stuff is and how it works, you know, yeah. to, 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 giving a game, you know, not just in the soul series, but anywhere credit when it, when it puts together this cohesive kind of experience for you, you know? Yeah. Like either atmosphere wise or aesthetically. Yeah. Or mood, like, you know, where, like any of those. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, even then though, it's really hard for me to feel like the ring city stands up to something like the research hall. Yeah. You know, in terms of atmosphere, like it might just be my predilection for horror. Yeah, that I'm speaking to. <laughs> the, the 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 research hall and Aldia are like those are almost unfair comparisons. Yeah, yeah, like that that's somewhere where like it actually is elevates. But the other things I like around it, I like more too. So that might be a difference. Yeah, yeah. but it's definitely something that like when I've tried to figure out like why other people like this more than I do, that's a mm -hmm. thing that comes up a lot. Yeah, yeah, and like I get it. You know, it's, it's just different values. Yeah. Um. And we have one one final uh, question. This is from uh, Jason in our Just Funning category. This is uh, not related to either a negative, neutral, or positive response to the Ring City. Uh, Jason says, I've noticed I've been less and less interested slash satisfied with most of the Souls games with each entry from Dark Souls onwards. onwards. So much so that after buying the Ashes DLC and being so disappointed after playing through it that I haven't even bothered to and have now decided I won't buy the final DLC. I feel that I can get what I need out of it, uh, lore-wise, etc., Vicariously through the podcast discussion and videos like Vadis and watching Franz, aka a German spy, play through it whenever that happens. I was feeling a bit like I was in the minority given some of the comments about it uh, that I've heard. But more recently from your comments on the podcast and Twitter, it seems that it might not be the case. All this got me wondering if you guys didn't have the podcast to do and were just your regular Souls fan selves, do you think you would have even bought either Dark Souls 3 DLC or do you think you'd have a similar feelings to me? And after hearing uh, the word of mouth from those you trust, not really liking it, uh, would you uh, and not really adding anything new to the lore or gameplays wise, coupled with where the series has gone as a whole, would you have just considered your soul's journey more or less at an end? Hopefully I didn't mangle that last sentence too much. Yeah, yeah it was C considering uh, the reputation it has. Would you choose not to buy it? Yes. 
no, that that wasn't my question. I was confirming that like that is that is the question. I, I was just uh, re-saying for listeners. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd still buy it. Oh, yeah. uh, if, I, if I'm if I'm being honest, even even as a private citizen, I love this series. And you know, if I if I wasn't, you know, you know, doing this stuff, uh, playing it over again, like that that the only thing that would change, I think, is possibly uh, that first playthrough would be a little bit more relaxed than the first uh, than, than the first time through covering it for it. I'm just talking about the whole series as a gen, you know, like, like in general, um, mm-hmm. maybe that would have helped overall as, a, as it goes along. Um, and maybe like, I wouldn't have done the chalices and stuff down to dark souls three, assuming everything is uh, still the case. I would have bought it. I would have done the best that I could. Uh, but there are probably places where I would have stopped and put it down for a very long time and then written it off until I got the bug again. Yeah. It could have been like months. Yeah. You know, where it's like, I just don't want to do this. Or like, I would have maybe not done some optional stuff. Yeah. Like I could see a version of that never did, never beat the nameless King, mm-hmm. you know, a version of that, but I still would have played it. Like even on the balance, now that we walk away from dark souls three, um, I'm glad I played it. Yeah. Like it's still a good video game mm-hmm. without the weight of expectations. It, I don't think it, I mean, even if I take away my expectations, I don't think it's a great video game, Right. but I think it's a good video game mm-hmm. and a good video game is worth playing. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, I, and even the DLCs, I would have been curious as to what they did enough mm-hmm. to see it for myself. Yeah. Um, um, and also, like, you, people can suffice watching the lore stuff and watching playthroughs. I'm not a person who watches Let's Plays. Um, mm-hmm. And I really don't, you know, aside from the people that we know from the show, I don't really pay a lot of close attention to, like, YouTube lore or stuff. That isn't enough for me. I want to play it and do my own thing. So, like, for me personally, that wouldn't have sufficed. Yeah, I, I would have still wanted to experience it, I think. Yeah. But I also think that's a fine way to experience it and a, a fine way to experience like lots of games. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people who, who watch a lot more Let's Plays than I do. I, I very, very rarely watch them. Mm-hmm. And you do like learn about a lot of games you wouldn't otherwise learn yeah. about, you know, like it's a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's just not, uh, not something, it's not something I do. So I still would have gone through it. I don't regret my time with Dark Souls 3, even if I was demoralized by parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is something that I've said this a thousand times. Uh, it's something that gets worse the more you think about it to me. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't been forced to think about it as much, I would have like been at the end of my first playthrough, probably never played it again, but just been like, oh, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then just like walked away and been like, that was good. You know, <laughs> and, not great, and, but good. And then a month later, instead of firing that back up again, you would go back to Dark Souls 1 or Dark Souls 2. 100%. Or Bloodborne. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to like every other Dark Souls, every other Souls game I've played, like I've ended and wanted to start my next playthrough. Yeah. You know, so it like it was never going to reach that length, but it would have been worth playing through for sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yep, and I feel like I don't have any other some you know summations. I think that we covered the gamut of uh, responses from people. This has been an especially long appendix, but it's worth it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go back and listen to the previous episode uh, for the final thoughts and things. At least for me, Gary, do you have anything? Not really. Yeah. No, I feel like I've done my piece. I would be lying. Like I said, it, it's bittersweet. I would still be lying if I said I wasn't happy to be moving on. Yep. You know, it's a it's it is what it is. Um, going to move on to stuff that I like more. Yeah. And uh yeah. It's uh it's it, there's a there's a relief to Krusty not. Like now that Krusty <laughs> can't come. Yeah. You know, it's like I just live in the camp. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there there's a there's it's like me, Mr. Black, Kearney, you know, Jimbo. Like it, yeah. you know, it's just there, there's a there's a sense of relief to that. Like it is I'm gonna but find Bar- this, this Barney pile. until he gets paid. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm gonna find this like this section of rot and just live in it rather than waiting for someone to come along and show me flame because yeah. the flame's not gonna happen and that's okay. Yep. You know, it's uh, yeah. There's lots of lots of other games out there. Yep. 
including ones in previous series. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you uh, are listening to this uh, at the end, thank you guys very much for sticking with us. Like the show's yeah. not ending at this point, and we still have that victory lap thing. But this is there is something kind of momentous about the last piece of recording of new Souls content. Yes, uh, on this show. You know, I mean, there's so many caveats on this as to be meaningless. Like, you know, Bloodborne 2 comes out, like we're going to be doing something very similar to that and you'll have your chance to write in and we'll do this again. But, yeah. um, you know, this might be the last one of these for a while. Mm-hmm. Thanks for everyone who's ever written in. Yeah. Um, we really do appreciate it. And like, yeah. you know, it's a, it may, it's a big part of the show. We've, you know, early on when we made Watch Out for Fireballs, we made this as part of the structure because like we want to know what other people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's still true. You know, and even though this is maybe the season in which people have disagreed with us the most, um, it's still been really great reading your thoughts. Yeah, your your, your responses add uh, texture and perspective that we otherwise would have lacked uh, without your direct involvement, and uh, that is something that has really uh, enriched the, uh, the 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 Souls experience for me. You know, as, as somebody who does this, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you like the show, um, or real quick too, um, do our survey. Yes, go please. to the show notes and please do our survey that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, and also, if you're curious about the details of that, we go into much more length on a, uh, an episode of Watch Out for Fireballs that is specifically an announcement for Watch Out for Fireballs 2.0. Yes. The uh, code name you can still refer to as Watch Out for Fireballs. Yeah, that's fine. Like, the, <laughs> we're not going to yeah. refer to it as WAF 2.0 um, and, you know, after its launch. But right now, that is. Yeah, it's that, WAF that, Infinity. Yes. So <laughs> that's what we're referring to. <laughs> 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 um, so if you want to hear about WAF Infinity, um, you, you can do there. Um, if you want to support us as well, um, you can always support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to patreon.com slash duckvtv. You can check out a bunch of rewards, which will be changing very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, tiers will be changing very soon. But the thing that doesn't change is the fact that you are choosing to support uh, your boys who you like. Yes. And if you like yeah. these boys, uh, <laughs> give them a couple bucks. Make some yes. noise for the boys. Yeah, make, make some noise for the boys. Uh, even if it is a bittersweet time for this show, um, your support is helping us do awesome things in general uh, related to games and uh, and otherwise. And we're, we're mm-hmm. incredibly grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. And then ratings, reviews, iTunes, all those things. Um, the show, even though it is eventually ending, is still evergreen. So the shows will be around. Mm-hmm. If you have a friend who's like, I'm getting into Demon Souls. I don't understand world tendency. Throw yeah. them our way, man. Like We <laughs> would still love for them to check it out. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we, we put this time into kind of creating this document and we want people to use it. Yes. So. Uh, if you have any thoughts about, um, Neo hollow Knight, or, uh, let it die, head over to duckv.tv slash contact and write those in, please separate those out. Um, just one game per response that will help make sure that nothing gets lost. Yes, please. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Thanks. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, and until uh, next time, Cole, what can they do? Um, I put you I, on the spot because it's a momentous last episode. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a nice mirror to the first. Um, they should oh, let's let's just do it. Let's just do it. They should praise okay. the sun. Yeah, th- there we go. I don't think we've done that one. Yeah. So yeah, praise the sun. Umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. And this is going to get us a side-scrolling Solaire spinoff as the next uh, from thing. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Solario Brothers. Like, I would, I would actually play the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that would be funny. I hope they don't do it, but I think that would be funny. <laughs> All right, I'm, not I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not soup. I'm not soup. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm neither soup nor a worm. <laughs> or bread. Like, it's just... Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>